All right. Welcome, everyone, to Young Pope Cast. This is episode nine, so the penultimate episode of the season. With me today is my friend Luke. Hello, PopeCast listeners. Okay, we are recording from Brooklyn, which is fun. Greenpoint. Yeah. Yeah, so no, that's just like a fun background detail. All right, so what do you think of the show so far? I should start out by saying that I'm a huge fan of Paolo Sorrentino, and I was really excited to hear that he was doing an HBO show, and I think that The Great Beauty is like one of my favorite movies. Um, and my basic impression of the show is that there are moments of, like, absolute magic that you won't get anywhere else in just a sea of stuff that I have no idea what the <laughs> fuck is going on. Uh, and it's incredibly frustrating and angering, and yet so worth it for those moments that are, like, really well-considered and thoughtful and beautiful in their own way. Uh, but I often also feel like the show is punishing me for watching it. It's... Just very, very long. Yeah, I haven't seen any of other uh, any other Sorrentino stuff. Oh, he's so. great. Yeah, he seems great. He's a real. It's such a pretty show. Yes, I really. It's so pretty and fun to look at, and it's so well shot. Like every shot of uh, Lenny at the Pope desk yeah. is so nice. If you've been watching this show and you've thought to yourself, "I would love to watch a show that looks exactly like this," but has more going on uh watch the great beauty because that's like even more beautiful cinematographically than this show but there's way more plot to it and way more meat and it like its themes and ideas are way clearer in my opinion yeah that makes sense yeah and also it's a movie instead of a 10 hour tv show it is a long movie yeah but yeah it's is it like three hours it's like two and a half which is long by modern movie standards that's but yeah it's much more doable in like an evening yeah and i think more rewarding yeah, I don't know. This isn't really a show I feel like I can tell people to watch. I, I have had the same exact thought. Like, people ask me what I think of it, and in no case have I recommended it. Yeah, I like it enough where I'm like, give it a shot. But yeah. I'm not telling people, like, watch all ten episodes of HBO's The no, Young Pope. Like, no. that's not a that's not happening. No. And I, because I feel like I haven't really discussed the show with anybody uh, before this moment. But I feel like if I did recommend it to someone, like, you gotta watch The Young Pope, it'll blow mm-hmm. your mind, they'd come back to me, and their trust in my recommendations of content yeah. would be deeply dangerous. No, I, I feel the same way. It's like, I can't tell people, there are so many things that I watch that I understand I'm the only person who would like them. Yeah. Like, I love Bates Motel, but I'm not running around telling people to watch Bates Motel. Right. Like, I get it. I get that Bates Motel is what it is. Right. I can recommend The Great Beauty. I can hardly recommend yeah. that. Um, that makes and, sense. And that, that makes it difficult for me as a fan of this director because I <laughs> did not see his follow-up to The Great Beauty, which was called Youth. Um, I've heard about it. My understanding, it's like Michael Caine looking at naked ladies a lot is the okay, stuff, I don't the really, sense that I got from the promo material. I don't think I need to watch You're that. You're not the core demo. Um, but people said it was a lot less expansive and a lot less gratifying than The Great Beauty. So like I, I clearly he's evolving in an art, as an artist in a way that is less critically friendly. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure The Great Beauty won an Oscar, actually. and like ever It since... definitely did. I think it got... Did it win Best Foreign Film? I think so. Okay. Um, and ever since then, he's been less of a critical darling, and I can't tell if that's... having, Especially not having seen Youth, like I can't tell if he's moving in a new direction that people just 
aren't really getting right now or if he's losing his touch or if he's like refusing to move on from themes that he's already explored because yeah. the great beauty has a lot to do with things like childhood and trauma mm-hmm. and like finding things that were lost to you in your youth which is have anything is to do with about. catholicism or actually yes okay yeah maybe it's just these are themes that he likes it's like how um the american beauty guy really likes characters like that older not older men in the closet but just like adult men in the closet yes like having a journey of coming out yeah that's i mean that's a sam sam ball whatever whoever wrote six feet under that alan guy ball. alan alan ball yeah, yeah. sam mendes did... is the director right. of american beauty yes. and then he did skyfall so you've that's combined alan ball yeah. and sam mendes yeah. into one sort of like yeah cultural malaise suburbia super director pretty much which is someone whose movies I would watch. Yeah. yeah. Skyfall's stupid, though. I like Skyfall a lot better the than I The third act is Home Alone, and it's annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. That's true. Also, um, rest in peace is Judy Dench. Jesus. Know, Jesus. But it, like, it's very clear, if you watch anything else that Sorrentino has done, that this is his wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of feel like it's been done... In more interesting ways. I think it should have been. I think it should have been like six or eight episodes. I agree. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you could just cut out, um, and like you know, people or could just combine down. Like yeah. I loved the time skip where we go nine months into his popedom, right. and everyone's mad at him. Papacy, Kyle. Whatever. I don't care. Um, but what happens in this episode? So it's mostly Gutierrez. Oh, I love him. He's great. Yeah, yeah Bernardo. He's the gay alcoholic priest who's just yeah. sort of like haphazardly wheels his way through the machinations he, of the Holy See and yeah. doesn't really know what he's doing. And he's in New York and he befriended the old hotel lady. Yeah. I would actually gladly watch like a Coen Brothers directed slapstick comedy about Gutierrez navigating the Big Apple. Yeah. And like just trying to make it as a gay alcoholic priest. It would be city. like a serious man yeah. but with Gutierrez. Yeah, I would watch He's so the shit sweet out of that. and he's so thirsty for the the liquor store boy, for sure, who's really good and at tennis. And for liquor, yeah, both. He's got a lot of got a lot to work out. Yeah, he's not good at tennis though. Did you notice that? I didn't. He keeps I was just kind of sad. Into the net. Oh, when that's Kurt Weller's watching even him play tennis. sadder. It's very sad. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm even. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't notice. I was just really taken by the slow mo at yeah. the end because it's paired with the old woman being carried out of the hole in the wall, yeah. and she oh, says, I love "Put me scene. back. Put yeah. me back." See, that's the kind of magic I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I loved that. Like, that's that's unlike anything that's, I've ever seen and I genuinely think incredible. so much of what you like about Sorrentino is in this episode. Yes, that's very true. This was actually, I would say, probably my favorite episode. The last yeah. two are my favorite episodes of the series. Okay, I really liked episode five because of the big terrifying speech he gives at the end. That's good and he too. forces them all to kiss his feet. Episode six, he drops a goddamn baby. So like, that's oh, a good that. one. Yeah. That was great. I love that because in every scene, maybe I'm alone in this, but in every scene in any film or television show where someone holds a baby, all I can think about is what would happen if they dropped it. Yeah, pretty much. And maybe that's just like reflects on me because I'm very nervous about holding babies, but um, it was so gratifying to finally see my inner life represented yeah, I just, I'm really glad the baby just fell on the on bed. bed. Yeah. That was because he was standing next to the window. I was like, I we're know. not we're not doing this. Pope Little Pious. Lenny wouldn't do... Oh, my God. They didn't even just call him Lenny? Like, no, or Leonard? Yeah, Little come Pious. on. Come on. That's just... And Esther and her husband just have completely bailed at this point, right? Yes. Well, that happens a lot throughout yeah. this show. Yeah. Things People... bail. Remember when the Vatican was running out of money because Lenny was too conservative? That never yeah. comes up again. It's just... I feel like things have really slowed down, yeah. so it's 
not as much of a pressing concern. No. And I think also... Um... Also, there was so much New York in this episode. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, the end of episode eight, I just have Lenny prayed her to death, which is exactly great. what happened. Yeah, that was awesome. That was great. Um, also, I think this is, I don't think, an intentional point that Sorrentino is trying to make, but you do have to wonder about his vision of Catholicism in which a genuine saint hates the gays. Yeah! Like, we, we know that Lenny has a direct line to God and can command the Lord of the universe to do yeah. what he wants, at least in certain cases. Lenny just hates the gays. Yeah, I don't get it. Like, I don't think that's intentional, but there seems to be an accidental endorsement of the type of Catholicism. Maybe it's just his idea, it's what if our closest person to God was a big asshole? Yeah, that could be it too. I don't mean to cast aspersions on the uh, illiberal secrets of Sorrentino's mind, but I... I do think that's a funny detail. It's like, yeah. this is technically a theological endorsement of homophobia. Yeah, it's just maybe just God really likes Lenny, and maybe yeah, he doesn't understand what Lenny wants to do, but maybe. loves him unconditionally. Also, I guess... <laughs> Why is he learning anything? He's supposed to be God. Yeah, he's infallible. Yeah. Oh, Michael dies in this one. Michael does die in this yeah. one. Yeah. That's sad. It is sad. Although James Cromwell's looking rough. Yeah, he's, he uh, is looking. He's looked like he's sixty-eight for the past thirty years. And he's like an Anthony Hopkins. Like, yeah, pretty he's much. He's been old for a very long time. I mean, he looks old in Babe. Yeah, it's like what ninety-four. Yeah, yeah. It's a wild poor act. guy. I and know. he at the beginning of the episode, he has like that whole abortion debate. Yeah, and what I love really to see is just today. two men yelling at each other about abortion. About abortion, yeah. You know. That's my. What did he uh, say? I forget. I have just written down. Life is meant to be used. Which one of them said that? Because he I don't. Remember. Uh, Michael says that. That makes more sense. Okay. Yes. He he's sort of making uh, the argument that I've seen other other places in uh, theological arguments in favor of abortion, basically saying that like a life is an active thing and that yeah. it should be, which I think ties in in certain people's interpretations into. Um, Privileging the life of an existent mother over the life of a non-existent or mm-hmm. non-actualized fetus. I don't know anything about theology, and I don't want to present myself in a, as an expert, but I think that's like shades of what he's talking about. Yeah, that would make sense. Oh, uh, Kurt, Wall's, uh, Kurt Wall's illegitimate son who has a terrifying blonde He-Man wig. Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> uh, so I guess, That's funny. Yeah, you've, you've got this guy who was abused, likely, by Kurt Well. And who carried those demons with him throughout his entire life until it ruined his marriage and family. Yeah. And he really likes ice skating, and he wears sweet, like yeah. a peach blonde wig. Yeah. A lot was happening there. Yes. It just it was a lot to take in. I think that's one of one of the things I like about this show is that a lot of the people feel like people because we're we're getting this one weird glimpse into their lives. Yes. There's a lot more that's just never explained. Like we don't have a ton of details about like the Sri Lankan nun yeah. whose sister died. No. But there's we very get much her. like an iceberg theory. Yeah. Where you get a little bit of each person and mm-hmm. it's very clear that there's more everywhere. Yeah. And I, I mean, like that. Yeah, you even get that with some of the um some of the main characters. I mean, it turns out Voyello's been in love with Sister Mary. Oh, that's just because she's the nearest person. Yeah. And he's just reaching know. out. I don't, I, well, I don't know if that's yeah. true, because I, I, I kind of have to push back against that, because there are plenty of nuns in the in the Vatican. Yeah, that's... And he's really powerful. He could be, like, banging some side piece if he uh, wanted to. That's gross. Not to be yeah. indelicate, but it is true. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's just... I think it's because Sister Mary's nice to him. <laughs> that could totally be it. She doesn't get enough to do on this show. She doesn't. I don't really know why Diane Keaton is here. That's a really good point. They could have 
like they they should have gotten like someone like one step down from Diane Keaton. Yeah. I can't think of who that would be. Who's I almost said Diane Keaton. I almost says. said like Diane Weiss. She was the um the mom in Edward Scissorhands. Oh. That's like the first thing that comes into oh, my head. Oh, I She's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I don't know if she's got that edge that's just Yeah, Mary I don't think she does. I'm and sorry, Diane she, Weist. <laughs> can she sink a three from half court? Right? Know? Yeah. We need that. Maybe, like... Maybe Ellen Burstyn could do it. Maybe. But, so going back to Voyello, you... Yeah. You, like, there's all these little glimpses of him as a full person when he's, like, so moved by Lenny's words about mm-hmm. loneliness that mm-hmm. he abandons his plans to save the church... By blackmailing him. Yeah. So, like, there's clearly a lot going on there. I sort of thought that was weird because this is the institution he loves more than anything in the world. Yeah. And it's at risk of destruction. It almost... Maybe it's, like, Jedi mind tricks. Maybe. On Lenny's part. Or maybe he thinks that Lenny will just destroy himself. Could be. I mean, he his, his fate is... Yeah. In the hands of God. And God does hate hubris, so... Mm-hmm. As we've seen. Yeah. I still can't believe he prayed that woman to death. I love that, that was great. Yeah, that was great. That yeah, was really great. I also love that scene where he is walking through the airplane and all the journalists are asleep. Yeah, like, that that's was the great. magic I'm talking about. Yeah, like, God, I love this. That's right. Eight and nine both had great moments like yeah. that. I still think the best, maybe the best moment in this episode is, well, when um, the woman who owns the hotel who's dying is going to be, like, carried out yeah, on her bed says, through the window, yeah. and she's halfway through the window and just she goes, says, like... take me back in. Yeah. I think, like, if I could pick one scene in this entire series mm-hmm. to demonstrate all that is good about this show, I would pick that scene. Yeah. And then it, it goes right into, like, the end of the episode where the boy's playing tennis and stuff, right? Yeah. It's, so. like, overlapped with that. Um, should we talk about Kurtwell at all? Because I think we This should. is the first time we've seen him, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, because we've talked about him this whole the whole series. He's been like you know on the back burner yeah. as a plot point. Um, it's just always something that's existed. Yeah, uh, and we're finally seeing him as a person. He yeah. has like Parkinson's clearly. Yeah, yeah. And he's got that like the the son of the governor is mm-hmm. his attendant, mm-hmm. which is interesting. What's that guy's story? I was wondering about it. Like he must know that Kurtwell is molesting these children. Yeah. I don't know, maybe he just wants to curry favor with him. Yeah. That, I don't know why. That What exactly is Kurtwell's standing? Is he like the He's arch, a bishop. He, okay. Or maybe an archbishop. It's, if he's the archbishop of New of York. The diocese of New York. That would make sense. Okay. Yes. Um, I need like a character chart. I know. But this episode actually felt like the, the most hardcore grappling with the real world concerns mm-hmm. of any modern Catholic. Yeah, because they, they barely talk about the priest yes. molestation yes. on the show. And like that's which is one of my biggest criticisms. Yeah, about it. I agree, and that's obviously a huge part of modern Catholicism. It, it's almost one of those things where it's like, did this need to be a show about the Pope? Like, mm-hmm. You know, it didn't. Like the Pope didn't even really need to be a character if we were talking about a show that's about dealing with a child molestation. Yeah, it's like post spotlight, yeah, sort of thing. Like that could be really interesting. I mean, they they kind of get at it of. When Lenny's like, oh, people are molesting people? Well, I'm going to get rid of all the gay priests. Like, yeah. that'll take care of it. And Voyel is like, you're comparing homosexuals to pedophiles. Like, that's not what this is. And there's... Maybe I am alone in this, but there does seem to be, like, a slight implication that maybe Lenny's parents might have been abusive or weird in some kind of way. I think that's definitely true. Yeah. All right, hold on. Okay. My food is arriving. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
We're back. My spaghetti is waiting for me. Okay, what were you saying before? Yeah, so I mean, it's... We know that Lenny's incredibly conservative ideas about sex and this notion that he's too lonely and cowardly to ever touch a woman Mm -hmm. doesn't come from his upbringing with Sister Mary because Andrew had the same upbringing and he loves to fuck. Yeah, he loves sex. Yeah. And maybe it's just because he felt wrong to be attracted to Sister Mary because they have that flashback where she sexily plays basketball. Yes, but again, Andrew is sitting right next to her. Yeah, that's true. And it could just be two people reacting to the same experience in two different ways, but we know that Lenny saw his mother's breasts when he was very young, and like that's that's in the first episode we flash back to it. So I think like a big part of his um, hang-ups about any kind of sexuality and the reason he's unable to accept sort of the more sensual side of human affection stems from this like weird world he's built up in his head about his parents and what they mean and like whatever his experiences were when he was with them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, he acts like sometimes he's been chemically castrated. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just a adverse reaction to the fact that his parents were apparently just big hippies. Maybe. And he's like, I hate everything they stand for. So I hate sex and freedom and love. That's totally possible. And... That's what I read it as. Another difference between him and Andrew that might explain it is that Andrew is not a saint. And yeah. maybe there's something about this like weird power that Lenny has that is incredibly lonely for him. Mm. Yeah. Which is sad. That is sad. But yeah. I also hate him, so... Yeah, he's a terrible person. I don't really mind that he's sad. Well, that's the weird thing about this show, is that like there are moments when you get sort of this indication that Lenny is moving on and finding peace... And, you know, becoming more at one with himself in the universe. And then you remember, he's a total douchebag. Yeah, he's a dickhole. I don't give a fuck if you feel good. Like, if you're not hung up. I mean, I do, because, you know, I want everybody to be happy. But, like, there are other characters in the show I care about a lot more who are getting totally fucked up. I'm glad that Esther and her husband bailed. Yeah. I'm glad that they got their baby. That counts as a miracle. He made them. Yeah, he made them. That's another miracle. Yeah. Um, Because he prayed while watching them have sex through the window. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad they got their baby and they ran because I didn't need to ask her to accidentally ruin her marriage because right. she's, well, I guess she wouldn't be as sad anymore because she got the baby. But before they're all like, she's sad and vulnerable. We can use her to implicate the Pope in a scandal. Yeah. Like the poor thing. I know. I do get the sense that a lot of her sadness in her marriage and well, that's an interesting question though. <laughs> is she sad about her marriage because they don't have a baby or yeah. is she sad? I mean, yes, obviously. Definitely. But is that the only problem or is she, she's like pretty in love with Lenny. Yeah, I think she really likes the idea of him more and the fact That's that possible. he's he's shown vulnerability in front of him. And one time he even freaking passed out in her in her arms. That's true. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's an extension of her love for Catholicism. Yeah, which is like a nice thought. It is nice. Yeah. That's she deserves a better pope. Yeah, we all do. We all deserve a better pope. Oh, fuck off, Lenny. I know. Although we do have a better pope in the real world. Yeah, Francis is great. It's Francis just like... said like last week that Catholics should apologize to gays. Yeah, no, he's always cool. doing that yeah. stuff. It's nice. He's a pre- you know, I was reading. So I was I read up a lot about this show. Apparently, they in the original draft of the script, Lenny was going to be like Francis. He was going to be a liberalizer and a reformer, and then Francis got elected, and they realized that it wouldn't really be in um, conflict with the reality of the Catholic Church that people knew. So they made him ultra-conservative to contrast with Francis's papacy. That makes sense. Yeah. I like that. It's interesting because it also indicates that Lenny's conservatism is not the heart of the character. Yeah. Because you can make him liberal or conservative and he's still the young pope. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he'd still be sending people to Alaska even yeah. if he was like, abortions for everyone. Could be. Also... Well, that comes in a later episode, so I won't I won't approach it. Oh, so you finished it? Yeah. Okay, cool. 
Yeah, we won't we won't discuss that. I won't spoil anything for your listeners. Yeah. No spoilers. Alright, what else is there? Oh right. Freaking Michael's death scene, mm-hmm. he's like begging to see a miracle from Lenny. Yes. He says, let me die knowing I didn't believe in God uh, in vain. In vain, which and then, is fucking heavy. And then Lenny kind of like glows. Does he glow? I missed that. He's like glowing a little bit. I can't okay. tell if it's Michael's death vision or I not. I believe it. I but, believe it. But yeah. And then Michael dies, I think, satisfied with his relationship with God. That was the impression I got as well. Which is great. Yeah. I mean, I think... I'm, I'm glad that Lenny turns out to be a real saint. Because that is good, and that explains uh, Sister Mary's devotion. It's yes. not just her kind of deluding herself. Yes, and I think it's, I mean, if you take the sort of thesis of the show instead of the like practical, technical act of watching it and like mm-hmm. muddling through a lot of the slowness, the idea that a person could be like a saint and connected to God and still be incredibly lonely inside and want their parents who they who never loved them yeah. that's a really interesting idea. Yeah, and I think that's really intriguing and like mm-hmm. a very Sorrentino thing to do. Yeah, I just wish the show were different. Yeah, I wish that it wasn't so long. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long show. It's so freaking long. Um, yeah, and then we could say... So, um, Kurtwell, they end up... There's going to be a trial for him. Like, yes. Bernardo succeeded. Yeah, in his, which is a nice quest to kind of nail Kurtwell. Yeah. Which is... I'm glad that he got a win. Me too. He's so sad. <laughs> yeah. we. I feel like in the second half of the season, we do see some people coming through... And getting what they want in certain regards. Mm-hmm. Like Esther gets her baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernardo does a good job with this task that he's he doesn't get. He's afraid of kicked out of the church for being gay. Uh huh. That's another thing. So like, it's weird. I feel like the two halves of this season are very different because one is way more focused on the politics of the Holy mm-hmm. See, and the other is way more focused on mood. Mood. <laughs> mood for sure. And also like emotional payoffs for these characters. That yeah, Lenny has I agree. Over. After like the time skip. Yes. The nine months. Yeah. Um, so the very end of the episode, uh, there's the release of Lenny, the Lenny letters. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, because Lena is Dunham's funny. Yeah, news, those are newsletter, Lenny letters. Lenny letters. She has very different views on abortion. Yes, she sure does. Man, those newsletters, like, go back and forth so hard, because sometimes they're really cool, because they're interviews with, like, uh, really interesting women from around the globe and then sometimes it's like Lena Lena Dunham just sitting there be like sometimes my leg hurts and I'm like okay hon like I pretty seriously avoid a lot of the stuff she does to be honest I was just explaining this to Ryan I think she might be a savant because girls is really good yeah but then she talks in real life and you just don't know what to do with that yeah I don't know um I am no Lena Dunham expert I would be interested to hear your theories about what sort of entity she is. I just think she's a savant. Yeah. I think she writes good TV, but on the spot in real life, she can't help but say the stupidest thing possible. I, I get sort of the impression that it's kind of the Bieber effect, where it's like, her rise was pretty meteoric. Um, Tiny Furniture was pretty well received. And yeah, then she had, I like, still haven't seen that. Uh, it's supposed to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. A similar vein to Girls, I think. And um, then she's got like one of the highest rated or most critically regarded shows on HBO on a major network. And you sort of, like, if enough people call you a feminist icon, you start to believe it. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I just feel like we should stop giving her so many opportunities to talk because it kind of ruins the art in a way. Well, the interesting... The thing that interests me about Lena Dunham is that the exasperation over her many gaffes is mm-hmm. the one thing that seems to unite hard right and hard left <laughs> Americans. That's true. In the modern political climate. Thanks, Elena. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the Lenny letters. Yeah. Ha ha. 
They're releasing the New Yorker, which yeah. is hysterical. Yeah. Uh, and it's all his love letters to his California girlfriend. Yeah. And there's a little flashback to Beach Pope. Yes, California Dreamin'. Yeah, and they show um, Esther reading it, right? Yep, they do. Yeah. And, and like everyone's reading it, and so the end of the episode is just the Pope's love letters are out there, and they yes. know that Lenny has maybe been with a woman. Yes. Or at least has been horned up about a lady. He's been in love. The Pope mm-hmm. in love. And then at the end, they show the woman, and she's juggling like how Lenny can juggle. That's another magical moment. Yeah, I that's think it's nice. Oh, this show is so it's fucking like, good. It's like, I kind of banged the Pope, and all I got was juggling. Yeah, like, I don't think she banged him. I think No, I don't think so either. Yeah, she invited him to touch her legs, and he did yeah. not. Yeah, but I don't think they ever had sex. I don't. I did th- juggle oranges for her. Yeah. Which is <laughs> the closest thing to intimacy he's ever had in his life. Yeah, that's... Buddy. It's true, though. That's yeah, what the whole no, show's I, about. I know. That's yeah. sad. It is sad. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I'm glad the letters are out there. I'm glad everyone knows they're saucy Pope. Yeah. And it just doesn't really change anything because there's still no evidence that he's ever had sex. So they can't just kick him out for right. being, right. they can't just kick him out for being horny. They're all horny. Yeah. Oh boy, are they? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you finished it. So I don't have to ask the question. Are you going to keep watching it? But would you watch season two? I was thinking about this because I heard just that don't Sorrentino, say anything about this ending. I won't. Sorrentino is writing a season two. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, first there's a question of will HBO pick it up? I think they will. Yeah. Do you know what the ratings have been like for this show? I don't, I actually don't. I think they're fine. I feel like I would have heard if they were one way or the other. That's probably true. Um, so apparently he is writing a second season and like, he, he genuinely is one of my favorite directors. I kind of feel like I have to see everything he does, but Mm -hmm. I will do it begrudgingly because I was like, oh, you made me sit through so many fucking videos of him walking in the gardens that's how i felt when i found out david fincher was part of house of cards and then he just left it and then i was like oh i don't have to watch house of cards anymore yeah because it's a bad show it's funny that you mentioned house of cards because a lot of people especially based on the promo material thought this was going to be like house of cards in the in the vatican no this is just mood starring jude law and the catholic church So, like, on paper, that's like, oh, yeah, Kyle's going to love this show. But yeah. my relationship with it is just, like, complicated, my, like, my relationship with faith in general. Although, you know, it is <laughs> interesting that in being this show that does not hold your hand and maybe even doesn't care if you're enjoying it, mm-hmm. it kind of replicates in the viewer sort of the relationship that Lenny seems to have with God. Yeah. Which is like a weird meta-artistic kind of tale for it to have, you mm-hmm. know, and I don't think it was intentional, but it's like, I, I'm watching this show, and there's this thing that I want to love and want to be there for me so much, and that I shows me occasional glimpses of true beauty. Jesus. But also makes me slog through so many things I don't want to slog through. <laughs> oh. And it's like, it's I, true. I can't tell if that's a masterstroke or a happy accident, but I kind of get Lenny's character better having watched this show. It's it's weird. Way. Yeah, it's not like his actions make you empathize with him, but just watching the show, you just kind of like, oh, get buddy, it. Buddy, you and me both. Yeah, oh. it's so weird. Yeah, what a freaking show. I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to say? Watch The Great Beauty. Yeah, I should do that. It's a great movie. I just watched Raising Arizona for the first time. How was it? It was wonderful. Yeah. It's really silly. Is it Nick Cage in that? Yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Nick Cage, Holly Hunter, John Goodman. Steal a baby? Yeah, John Goodman, and then a fourth person who I thought was Michael Mann, but I don't think it's Michael Mann. And maybe watch Youth. I don't know if it's good, but if you like The Great Beauty, maybe watch Youth. Yeah, do you have anything you want to plug for the listeners in New York? 
Uh, yeah, go to the Low Line Lab because it's. Ooh, uh, I don't know if that closing is closing to the public soon. So the Low Line is just to diverge from our theme here. Yeah. The Low Line is a proposed underground park that uses proprietary technology to amplify sunlight that hits these little windows in the ground and makes it seem like the sun is shining underground. Holy crap! Yeah, and they have as proof of concept they have a lab called the Low Line Lab, um, where you can go and see some of the plants they'll have there and the technology they use to make it, and they have a science and sustainability fair coming up this month that everybody should go to that sounds cool meet um, up we'll talk about the young pope that sounds rad as hell yeah okay cool yeah awesome well thanks for being my guest this week on Popecast. thank you for having me Kyle. only one to go yeah such a delight yeah all right happy poping but nothing happens every time i take one on the chin you don't know how long I've been watching the light.